over the course of the retreat, we have offered you daily guidance, instruction, and lots of uh, suggestions for working with practice, how to establish right view or uh, skillful understanding of practice, and checking your attitude of mind, uh, working with the difficult um, and obsessive states of mind, and a lot of attention on uh, and guidance on working with the body uh, experiences as a foundation for establishing mindfulness. And we shared plenty of um, guidance, inspiration, encouragement. And while it's necessary to actually apply uh, these teachings and these techniques and uh, practice applications, uh, in the end, practice is not about becoming a perfectionist or a technician. It is about being aware. And all that we offer are just tools, guidance, pointers for recognizing awareness and the evolving understanding uh, that emerges from awareness. So sometimes in the course of a retreat like this, we, we make a lot of effort, and it is necessary to make effort. <coughs> But oftentimes we don't recognize the um, momentum of practice because we're uh, there's always room for improvement, let's say, and we can always uh, recognize that uh, there's gaps in in the awareness, and uh, we try to kind of uh, make some adjustments to close those gaps or to fill those gaps with moments of awareness. One of the things I found helpful and useful uh, in in undertaking this practice, and especially maybe for those who've done other practices previously, for those who've done a lot of object-oriented practice or samatha concentration types of practices where there's a lot of focusing uh, effort, uh, one thing that can be interesting to experiment with and just to explore what your mm, experience is, is to sit, uh, or just to recognize that you're sitting and do nothing. Uh, really, I mean, just sit. And see how long it takes awareness to come find you. <laughs> you know, you may be wandering around and, and, and we can think, oh, if I don't, if I don't make this diligent effort, I'm, I'm never going to be aware. I'm just going to space out forever. And uh, that's not so. <laughs> and it's good to find that out. We'd hate to be just spaced out forever. <clears throat> but sometimes it takes, it does take a, a trusting uh, attitude or, <clears throat> or a, uh, just an experimental attitude of mind. Just saying, well, I wonder what would happen if I just sat here and waited for awareness to call my attention Huh, okay. So you might try that, the sitting or throughout the day. Just relax the efforting, relax the techniquing, 
relax the uh, what should I do next uh, kind of technician work <clears throat> and just wait just stop stop trying stop trying to do anything and just wait see how long it takes sometimes I like to acknowledge that you know we often forget the Dharma we forget what to do or that we want to do or how to do but the Dharma won't forget us we have planted powerful seeds of awareness uh, throughout our time here and in previous retreats and those seeds of aspiration they can lie dormant for a while but eventually they will sprout and will be called from our inner space journeys or outer space journeys to recognize that we've landed here again in the present moment. So take some periods of time today to just trust. Just stop, stop trying, stop doing, stop techniquing and wait. Recognize awareness when you're called to.
So <clears throat> you might have felt some change in the air. This is our last full day together. So there's some adjustments to the schedule and I'll just point them out. Uh, the morning will be um, the sign-up uh, check-ins that individuals have with each of us. Please remember your time, come on time, and be prepared to leave on time, okay? Just so we can get everybody in and not run over too much. And then this afternoon at 2 o'clock, uh, I and the manager of the retreat will have, no, not the manager, someone on staff, will have some uh, retreat uh, closing, ending information at 2 o'clock, and we'd like you all to please attend. Then we'll have a break, um, 3 to three to 3.30, something like that, quarter to 3 to 3.30. And then at 3.30, we'd like you all to come again, and we'll take some time for awareness outside of retreat, comments and questions. So when you come to your individuals this morning, Mm, any questions like that can be brought up this afternoon where everyone can get the benefit of hearing um, answers to questions like that. And then maybe late in the afternoon we'll have a chance to practice speaking with awareness and listening with awareness. Then we'll be in silence again at tea time or through the evening. Yes, that's it for today. Tomorrow's a totally different day. <coughs> it always is. <laughs> and I'm not sure what the schedule is, but it's going to be different. Um, something was coming to mind. Oh, yes. We have been warned that there is severe thunderstorms. Um, so much for the forecast. Um, but anyway, you might just be attentive to the weather, the incoming weather, uh, if you're planning on walking around the loop or a long walk uh, away from the safety of the building. So just keep that in mind. Did you get the note that I showed you, that I left on the board for you? Uh, we've, I've responded to you. Uh, uh, if you read the note, uh, it's being taken care of. Yeah. So, any questions about awareness or lack of it? <laughs> yeah. So, I, I, I thought the instruction was really helpful. Um, uh-huh. And, and so, for that sitting, um, I found myself like oh just like it was really a shift like focusing on or not even focusing just aware of a sort of relaxed almost kind interest um which came up pretty quickly after i stopped trying to make it come up <laughs> and, and 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 i was really noticing how it's a totally different quality of practice when the awareness is on the awareness rather than on the object. And, and I just, I wasn't clear if that was, is, 
am I, am I doing it right? Am I not doing it? I guess, I guess, am I? Am, <laughs> it's almost like, like by not doing, by, I, I, I guess it's because it's so different than my normal day-to-day -day practice at, at home when I'm not on retreat, which is to focus on the object. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a shift. Um, and I guess I just wanted to understand if that's, um, um, is that the practice? <laughs> <laughs> Should we take a vote? <laughs> So the comment is, <laughs> when trying to do nothing, she quite spontaneously found herself in a kindly, relaxed place of awareness. And now she's wondering if she's doing it right. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> Sound, sounds okay. Um, <clears throat> but you're right to point out that when, and, and some of you have mentioned this uh, in groups, and, and we've gotten a couple notes about the focusing on object type of practice that many of us have done for years or decades. And w this complementary practice that we're offering here of recognizing the awareness of the object. Okay, are they different? Are they the same? Are they. Is one better than the other, or what? No, it's it's. Yes, they are. They are seemingly different. Uh, they're both awareness practices or mindfulness practices for developing insight or knowledge. Um, it's a shift in emphasis from focusing on the object to recognizing the awareness, um, and really they come from two different. They're both taught as part of the Discourse on Mindfulness by the Buddha, but the way we're teaching them come from two different Burmese traditions. The focusing on the object is more of the Mahasi Sayadaw tradition, um, which is object or, we'll use, I'll use the phrase object-oriented, and uh, starting with the body and expanding to all objects, which eventually includes the mind, and awareness, and the qualities of awareness. Uh, Sayadaw Utejaniya is another Burmese um, meditation master, and he starts with um, mindfulness of mind, uh, pointing out right view, right attitude, and recognizing the mind. Uh, in either case, you have to deal with a lot of obsessing, <laughs> and you can't get very far away from the body. Uh, you'll be there. And it's just a shift in a shift in emphasis as a an initial um, instruction or technique. But as far as where they're going and what you would call them, their mindfulness practices, they're both leading to a continuity of what's called momentary concentration or momentary awareness, uh, leading for the leading towards the development of insight or recognition and understanding of the three characteristics that I spoke about last night. So, um, if you find yourself having done object-oriented focusing and you find yourself getting tight, you know, when you, sometimes when you do object-oriented you get pretty... What attitude of mind is that? <laughs> okay? So it's like, okay. But then if you're just doing a attitude of mind or just recognize awareness, sometimes you can be kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's wrong with that? Okay? So, 
if you want to look, think of them as two ends of the spectrum, if you get too spacey, loose, kind of not recognizing too much, but just kind of sitting tranquilly, kind of spacey, maybe do a little object-oriented, clear perception practice to put it back into balance. Or if you find yourself practicing object-oriented and you get a little too tight and strivey, start recognizing the awareness. So complementary in that way. Different, but heading in the same direction. During this retreat, you know, we've mostly been, uh, we've been doing both, because certainly Mark gave a lot of uh, body awareness stuff, which can tend to be more of a focusing, but not exclusively. And we have been sharing a lot of watching the mind too. So if you know how to do both, and now you know how to do both, then you can use as necessary. If you find yourself really kind of drifty and spacey, do some noting, Focusing, if you will, focusing with right attitude actually would be quite helpful. Uh, and if you find yourself just kind of too jammed up with focusing, then settle back, check the attitude of mind, recognize the qualities of awareness. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When, I, when we use the word momentum or continuity of awareness, we're talking about, um, we call it NPM, notes per minute, <laughs> if you will. You know, just like breathing in, breathing out, hearing sounds, checking attitude, checking attitude, checking attitude, is the mind aware, breathing in, checking that. And if there's that continuity, if there's that regularity of just recognizing, Recognizing, recognizing it might be the object, it might be the awareness, it might be the attitude of mind, it might be a sense contact, any any of the sense doors. If there's just that frequency of recognizing present moment experience, whatever happens to be, chosen object or predominant object, awareness, or awareness or attitude of mind, then that would be very good continuity and momentum. Just once, just like that. You know, it's easy for breathing in, breathing out, and then spacing. So if you can get 10 notes in a row, that's pretty good. You know, so think of momentum as continuity, uh, frequency of noting, something like that. Frequency of recognition, present moment. I have a question about pretty hard to, for me to have thoughts and awareness at the same time. Mm. Uh, if I bring awareness to thoughts, then the thought is gone, mm-hmm. it seems to me. Okay, so the comment is about thoughts and awareness, and there are different ways that we talk about awareness. 
and thoughts, the relationship. Sometimes it seems like awareness is just a sphere of knowing in which we're sitting, and when a thought appears, boop, we just see it. Or it just seems to scroll by, right to left, left to right, up to down, down to whatever. It just seemed to go by. Um, sometimes, as you said, uh, if you have been thinking without awareness, when you do become aware of thinking, it stops. Now, Utejani would ask you, did you make it stop? Or is that its nature? I would say it seems awareness makes it stop. Okay. Well, keep looking. Keep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when, suppose, suppose, I mean, we do need to think sometimes. sometimes yeah, of course. Some thoughts are valuable. Uh, some thoughts are necessary. And... Right now, it's hard for me to imagine those thoughts happening at the same time as being aware of Think about this. Uh, you know, when you think about, uh, you know, your partner or your child or, you know, uh, can't you be aware of thinking at that time? Yeah, you can be aware. Or when you're practicing generosity or you see a homeless person on the street and you feel compassion for them, you're thinking, you're aware you're thinking, yes, okay. Okay? What we're talking about, what I think you're talking about, the awareness being other than the thinking, is when we're lost in thought. If we're lost in thought, then of course there's no awareness. And, and, and that means you're, you can't be aware. You're not aware. You can't be aware. And those kind of thinking that kind of obsessing thinking can only arise when there's lack of wise attention. But we can think with wise attention. And so, yeah, we can think and be aware. Right? Just, just Practice. One, just, just one little last thing. Um, if, did I hear it said somewhere on the retreat that if you're present, you're aware in this moment, and then a few, whenever later you found you're lost in thought, that there, there was aversion, there must have been aversion happening or not necessarily? Mm, I, that, that, I, took, that took you away from the present. No, I, don't, I don't remember that being said, but that wouldn't be my understanding. Uh, no, um, it's not necessarily aversion that, that takes us mind, away. It's just the mind doesn't. No, uh, you know, there, there are you know, eruptions in the mind of unskillful thought, you know, defilements of one sort or another, and we don't see them. And it might be desire, not aversion. It could be anything. Mm-hmm. So I'd be, it's not always because we don't like being in the present moment, therefore we go thinking. That That's not, that's not, right. Okay, last comment. Um, in terms of keeping the precepts, or just restraint against unskillful actions, it almost seems like the, like which comes first, you know? Is it like lots of meditation practice that allows you to be able to have such restraint? Because sometimes it sounds so easy, you know, just um, like keep the precepts and in the day-to-day life, it's like sometimes not that easy. Yeah, keeping the precepts is not easy. You're right. No, especially the speech precepts. Yeah. Wow, they're really challenging, you know. But but still, if you want to, you know, if you make it a practice and really heighten your awareness of, you know, the kinds of unskillful speech, not just 
gross lying, but gossip, frivolous, useless, with a harsh tone, uh, unloving thoughts or speech, then you you know you can bring awareness, and you'll be more. And when you're more aware, there will be more restraint because you'll be choosing not to act out uh, from a place of unawareness and possibly harm or uh, inadvertent harm, even to yourself or others. So yeah, no, the uh, precepts or living with that kind of care and attention, it sounds easy. It sounds easy, it's not easy. You know, and when you when you get into practice, you'll see that, oh, I mean, deeper practice, you just see that, wow, you know, when we haven't kept the precepts, it really leaves a, an impact in the mind, a deep impression in the mind of, hmm, okay, right. Something to be really attentive to. The remorse that we feel, or the recognition of how it disturbs the mind. You know, saying things, doing things. You know, saying is thinking is one thing. Doing, saying is is greater, and acting out is even more impactful. So it's worth paying close attention. Okay, thank you for your attention. And please, uh, we're still in silence throughout the day. Uh, please respect the silence. Actually, there's a lot to learn about your conditioning, yourself, uh, as we approach the end of a retreat. Uh, there used to be a big uh, banner up in the attic, uh, out over the main building, a big banner that said, the true yogi has no future. <laughs> because the future... The future is just a thought. It is always just a thought. That's it. Right? So, there's no tomorrow. <laughs> We're going to be on retreat for the rest of our life. <laughs> no. <laughs> but just to uh, watch how you approach the end of a retreat. As you approach the end of a retreat, of course, thoughts about the end of the retreat and what am I going to do and what I want to do and what i got to do and who I'm going to meet and da 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 and okay, that that stuff inevitably arises. Uh, how do you how do you respond to it? Do you get excited? No boy. Do you get like oh geez, feeling the loss of the seclusion already? Uh, just hardly waiting to connect with each other. Um, how you approach the end of a retreat will give you a lot of clues as to how you approach end of your work life if you're retiring. Uh, the end of relationship, if that's in the works for you, and the end of your life. Lots to learn, just in the next 24 hours. Okay, so watch, pay attention. You'll see where your, what your tendencies are around that. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.